Hey, welcome back to the Menopause Movement Podcast. This week, we have episode three of the Dr. Michelle Gordon Show. We're still in Mallorca, and we are visiting Valdemosa, which is where the mountains meet the sea. We're going to go for a dip in the ocean. We're going to talk women's health, and we're going to meet a couple of people uh, along the road. So enjoy the show, and thanks for being a part of the podcast. I'm Dr. Michelle Gordon, and this is my show. Come and join us on our journey through Spain. We've got a show about food, wine, fitness, travel, and community. Seven women, one journey through this beautiful country. It's going to be great. It's so gorgeous around the Reeds Hotel, Santa Maria. We were able to ride our bikes just about anywhere with impunity because the cars would just part for us. It's amazing how much the people who live in that area just love the cyclists. There's no fighting. And there were big groups of cyclists that would go by. And it was like a dream come true to be able to ride in that kind of an environment. Something Notre. That's I all am, I got. I am, I am part of you guys because I drink my glass like you. You're not at all part you're of not, us no, because it, you don't we share. We haven't bonded yet. If you share your drink with us, then you're part of us. We are one. Then we're one. You don't want our drink. It's called communion. We're so we're like living in the same. I like the analogy with pig pen. So most people have seen peanuts and pig pen walks around with this like cloud everywhere. And what's really interesting about the microbiome that we have is the genetics of our microbiome really do affect our health. And there's new research now that's shown that women who have breast cancer have a different microbiome than women who don't which is really kind of surprising. And I think that the bacteria that live in and with us, they play a bigger factor in our health than we've ever thought. Studies wait, show wait, that, doctor. No. That, that, that everybody has like a biome, you know, like, remember pig pen from, from oh, yeah, uh, yeah. right. Everybody has a biome like a pig pen that kind of goes around you. And when, when people hang out, they exchange their biomes. So you're so wearing you our biome. Yeah. You already have our germs. Okay. Okay, here we go. I'm Right on. Well, we're in Climbing gets the crazy out of you guys. I mean, seriously, it brings all the crazy out. Climb again. Let's go climb. riding along on the way to Valdemosa and we happen upon a couple of guys rock climbing and we stop and talk to them. How long have you been doing it? Oh, for 25, 25 years. All right. Have you climbed here in Mallorca before? Uh, yeah, I'm a local climber. Do you like the climbing up part or do you like the rappelling more? 
over Rapalines and uh, another part of the climbing. Oh. So it's not, for me, it's not uh, something apart from climbing. Okay. He's involved in the climbing. So it doesn't count. It was really interesting to talk to him. I mean, he'd been climbing for a long time. Woo! Valdemosa is this gorgeous, gorgeous town at the base of the mountains, right on the ocean. You go down this winding road, and all of a sudden, you have this breathtaking view of the ocean. It's absolutely gorgeous. And so there's mountains on one side, ocean on the other. Oh my gosh, it is so gorgeous. I can't even believe it. Look at the water, it's just so still. And quiet. And quiet and peaceful. And listen to the birds. It's like, oh my gosh, it's so incredible. So here we are in the port of Valdemosa. It's a beautiful area where the mountains meet the ocean. There's a beautiful bay here. The ocean is glass. It's warm. It's about 72 degrees. This uh, particular part of Mallorca is famous for Chopin, who lived here in the 1800s. I'm from England. You're from England, and what brought you to Palma? I mean, other um, than it's so awesome. We're working on boats. Me and my fiance are working on boats. What kind of boats? Um, big ones. Big ones, like big yachts, or the big, yeah. or like cruise ship yachts. Uh, no, the um, big. Super yachts. Oh, uh, super yachts. Yeah. Okay, billionaire yachts. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how long have you been here? Um, a year now. Okay. A year this month. And what do you do on the yachts? Um, I'm a cook. You're you're a chef. Yeah. You're a private chef. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, what what do you know about menopause? Um, it was for the older lady. Um, not always. It could always come early, but uh-huh. yeah, it's a change in lifestyle. Uh, right. Yeah. And ha- have you have you do you have any friends who have menopause yet? No, not yet. No, not yet. No. Yeah. My mom did, and she was a nightmare. Did she talk to you about it? Yeah, afterwards she didn't. I didn't really know what was going on at the time, but uh-huh. afterwards, yeah. Right. So, so one of the things that we want to do is start talking about the symptoms of menopause, and kind of bring it out in the open. And maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but 50% of the women who are alive today are menopausal or perimenopausal. Wow. Right. Okay. So we figure it's a good time to start talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So So what are you here to make people aware of then? We want to talk about travel. Uh, and this is a great location. We wanted to talk about fitness and how it doesn't matter your body type. You know, any body type can become fit and uh, can do things that but we didn't think we could do. I mean, I climbed Puj Mishor. Wow. Right? Oh, it doesn't stop when you get the menopause. No, no nah. life doesn't stop when you get to menopause, but, but it isn't uncommon to, to gain some weight. Yeah. That's something that can happen. Yeah, so. yeah. We want especially women to, to understand that, that life doesn't end and we can still really move on and, and meet and exceed our goals. And we just had to jump into the water because, well, why not? Wow, so this is the Mediterranean Sea and it's warm, but not really. It's cold. But actually, I think I can get used to it. I really do. Wow. Do you want to go in? I do. Yes, I'll double dog dare you. A little bit swimming. A little bit of swimming yes, goes a long way. Hey, if you go in, I'll go in. No, I can't. I still have to work. I can't. Are you sure? I don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm getting the go-ahead. No, I'll go with you. I'm getting the go-ahead. Seriously? On three? How far are you now? <laughs> I just fell right in, and then everybody followed me in. I must have been rubbing off on them. (laughs) 
So we ended up sitting around at a table and having some food. We're all wearing blankets and we're cold and we had changed from being in the ocean. At that meal, we were able to really kind of delve into some of our issues that we had through our lives, physical issues after childbirth and some of our other issues as, as we've aged. I think that it's really important for us as women to support each other in, in sexual health and rectovaginal health. We, we, we don't talk about these things and we need to break this uh, silence. And any woman who's had, who's had a child can talk a little bit about incontinence. I mean, I know that it took me a while. I mean, it wasn't right away, but you know, I think when I hit my 40s, I, I started having what we call stress incontinence where I would sneeze or I would cough or something and out it would come. So what's, what are your guys' experience with that? I can run. Well, I, can, I can jump. Like at the gym with uh, Chris, <laughs> Bob or Carl would say, eh, let's go on the box, let's jump on the box, box jumps, and we go sideways. And Nope, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do, do that. Nope. Uh, oh, like you said, like you laugh, you, you sneeze. Right. I cross my legs. Whoops. <laughs> right. Oh, no, Chris was saying to me, she said, if you, if you wear a tampon, you will not have those... Uh, you won't pee your pants stuff if you wear low. a tampon yeah. when you run. Yeah. I didn't right. know about that. I tried it. It works, actually. The reason that works, most likely, is because it tamponades against the urethra, mm-hmm. and it might give a little bit more um, stability to the pelvic floor. I don't know. Do you have a thought, a thought on that? Valerie's my wife of two years, so we've been together for 10 years. We got married in 2013 in Provincetown as, as soon as the U.S. Supreme Court made it legal. I think what was great about how we put the show together was we had two doctors and a nurse on the cast. So it was me, my wife, Valerie. Valerie's a medical internist or does she does primary care. Molly's a nurse and I'm a surgeon. And so we, we had a really good um, overview, kind of a broad overview of women's health. I think what you need to do is see a urogynecologist first mm-hmm. and get various different what we call urodynamics mm-hmm. to see what's going on with the bladder and the flow and that's how they can determine whether or not you have various different issues with your bladder tone uh, but many women have a weak pelvic floor so they can go in there and do a reconstruction which is a rather extensive surgery they can also put mesh around the urethra which kind of stabilizes the the incontinence sometimes they use collagen injections of collagen. You have to really discuss that with a urologist that does GYN. Doesn't that sometimes hurt you more than help you? It can, and some people have allergic reactions to the collagen. They have allergic reactions to the mesh, so they wind up having more problems afterwards. Kegels. Um, Kegels, yeah. Kegels are the tried and true. Kegels are great. It's just basically contracting the pelvic floor. But Frenchie, you said that in Europe, Europe, at least in in France, you have, there's like vaginal rehab. Yes, after after birth. After birth. Start out with in in France. So in France, my cousins told me, they said that after birth, you have a few weeks, six weeks, I think it is, of vaginal rehab. So they they make you do the contractions. There's all kind of, you know, machines Uh actually to just make you contract. This is physiotherapy. Yes, it is. Oh, wow. So, and it's, and it's, you have to do it. It's, it's uh, something that they really want you to do. Right. What was really great about this trip was that we took all of these women from different diverse backgrounds who didn't really know each other. And we went from not knowing each other to jumping in the ocean and swimming together. It was really great. 
Can't fight will swim. Oh my gosh! Right? Silly girls. Wow. So that's amazing. This is the keys to our car. Oh no. It'll be fine. Promise? Start it now. Start it now. This is a long walk home. We had a great time laughing, you know, if we could, high-fiving each other, thumbs up, you know. And then I had a problem. Poor Molly was riding up the mountain. She got her gears messed up and she fell into the wall. And she tried, they really, really wanted to try to fix her bike, but she had like broken her derailleur. I don't have any bicycle term that would describe what mess I got into, but my bike like froze up. I thought there was like one more gear I could go down to take this hill, right? Uh, was not the case. And I just froze and whoosh, and I went into the wall, this beautiful wall, completely decorated with my blood now. What happened is all of a sudden my gears just kind of just stuck. And then I started pedaling and I had no power at all. I couldn't do anything and I couldn't declip and I just went right into this thing. <sighs> so I fell and I was bleeding and who cares, right? I wanted to keep going. It was so much fun. I wasn't experiencing pain. I was just loving being in the moment. And so I thought, okay, get my bike up. Chain fell off. When I saw the camera crew, they were coming up the hill, and so here comes the first aid kit, and everybody's throwing things around, and we're putting, you know, gauze and wiping things and wiping my leg because my leg is just all torn up too. But it was fun because everybody came to my rescue. So Molly was not able to ride anymore that day. Celine from the Trek team tried to fix the bike, but she just couldn't. And when Molly breaks something, man, she breaks it good. Hey, Rest. Celine, how's my bike looking? I can't leave you to go right now. We are not on a safe place. So we go up, we, it's maybe 2K up. So I can't ride it anymore? Right now, no. I'm going to check the bike again. But right now, no, I, I'm not, we are not on a safe place. And they told me I couldn't ride anymore. I kind of broke down. I really started to cry because I just really, I mean, I can't believe that I'm doing this. And I just felt so good out there. Months ago, a year ago, my, a lifetime ago, I never would have thought I would ever be doing anything like this. And just being on these hills today, it didn't seem difficult at all. Like they said, I can't ride. Um, I don't know if it's the trailer or what, but they've oh, got the bike. bike. Yeah, they got the bike on top of the van and I'm, Guess done for the day until I get another bike. Oh wow! I know. Oh, that's Dang it! Bummer. I hope I get another bike though. I want to ride some more. That was so much fun. You were doing good. I was so determined to get back on that bike, Chris, and just ride, but I couldn't. I was just kind of like I kind of had my own little pity party. I don't want to lose my mojo. Honey, <laughs> <laughs> you got mojo all the time. You don't need it. <laughs> you don't need it. It doesn't come in the You got it. I want you to ride. You were born with mojo. <laughs> There's our name of our next one. Mojo. Mojo Mountain. Ah! I would roll past her. I didn't see that she had fallen. I was focused on my own thing. And when we got back to the hotel, I took a look at her wound. I was like, what? I actually cleaned it out, pulled some gravel out of it, gave her some antibiotic lotion, and bandaged her up. I did see that ditch over there, and I thought to myself, don't fall in that ditch. 
And I thought, no, I shouldn't think don't fall in that ditch because that's exactly what I'm going to do. So I kind of moved over a little bit and I felt really bad when I found out that she, she got hurt pretty bad. A lot of cyclists will fall down and not care about it, but the main thing is to just make sure at least if you, if you fall down and you get a little gravel in there or whatever, just make sure you squirt some water on it right away. I didn't want to know how much further I had because I thought if I knew there was another nine kilometers, I thought, ugh, there's no way. I'll yeah, psych yeah. myself out, I won't do it. I got up to the top and was like, I can't believe I did that. Especially looking down. <laughs> I was really proud of myself and thought, man, if an almost 51-year-old out of shape woman can do this, I could do anything. I think a lot of it has to do with mindset. I mean, anytime... I've wanted to do something in my life. Anytime I've, I've wanted to get to the next level, it's always been a mindset thing, always. We had the pleasure of meeting Antonio Hidalgo at his restaurant, Reserva Iberica, in the city of Palma de Mallorca. It was so much fun to go there and learn about what he makes at his restaurant and the special type of, it's like a prosciutto, but it's called jamón. And it's from these pigs that are free range and they're fed only acorns. And I have to tell you that it tastes like nothing I've ever tasted before. And when I walked into his restaurant, it was just the smells. It, it's just a Spanish smell. It was so great with the cheeses and the meats. We had such a great time and we got to eat the food that he prepared for us. And uh, it was great. <gasps> Hello. Hello. Nice to meet nice you. Mucho gusto. Welcome to Mallorca. Ah, thank you. Antonio. Yes. This is your place, Reserva Iberica. Yes, it So is. how long have you had it here? We have been for eight years in uh -huh. Barcelona, okay. in the main street, uh, one of the main streets, and we came quite popular. Now we wanted to come to Mallorca Islands, oh, okay. it's a beautiful island, and we wanted to be here also. It's, it's really beautiful. Yes. Let's, why don't you show me your, your place? Yes, please. All right. So this is absolutely gorgeous. I walk in here and I see all of these beautiful cured meats. Tell me about this. Yes, well, this is our Spanish small beautiful product is jamón ibérico. It's the Iberian breed, 100 Iberian breed, okay. that for 2,000 years has been grown free range in Spain. Okay. So the main thing is that these porks are totally free range and they are acorn fed. Acorn fed, they're fed a acorns. Exactly. Okay. That's why you have a very special taste and it's a unique product that you need five years to get this product. So you cure it for five years? Five years. And the acorn, does that give you more fat or a different quality? Of yes, all the oil from the acorns mm -hmm. is uh, uh, filtered into the muscle. This is the back leg, okay. what we call jamón. And this is the front leg, okay. the shoulder. Okay. So the back leg has more oil mm -hmm. and it's more tasty. And are these all the same, these three? They are from different regions of Spain. Oh, yes. that's so cool. Some of them has a different taste, uh -huh. but more or less is the same product. But All right, let's try it. Now, is there any special way to eat this? Yes, you, you take it with your finger, and you will feel all the melting in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Well, that doesn't taste like any prosciutto I've ever had. <laughs> that's good. They are not in a farm. That's the, that makes this product very unique. Can you tell me a little bit about the rest of the products you have in your store? Yes. Let me introduce you some Spanish cheeses. Okay, also. great. Yes. 
We have different cheese from mainland Spain. And so you have this manchego here. Yes, we have manchego. Uh -huh. We have the, the Pirineos, it's okay. from the mountains in Catalonia. Okay. And then we have the cheese from Menorca and the cheese from the north of Spain, the, the Basque country. All right, and where do you get your blue? I see some blue there. Ah, yes, this is Cabrales. Cabrales. Yes, it's, a, it's like the uh, French blue cheese, uh -huh. but it's uh, different because it's made in the north of Spain. Oh, okay. And is that also, is that cow's milk or? No, this is go, uh, sheep also. Sheep's milk. Sheep's milk. All right, great. Would you like to drink some wine? I would love to drink some wine. Salud. Salud. So, Antonio, can you tell me a little bit about your food background? Yes, we everything started in Asia. Okay. When I could not find Spanish products, then I started to import the, my own products. You were in Asia? In Asia, yes. Where in were you? In Hong Kong. You were in Hong Kong? Yes. Then I started to cook for, for the locals, people. So how did you learn how to cook? Well, you know, always I cook always at home with my man, the Spanish recipes, paella, and I am from the south of Spain, so we cook a lot of uh, the, the typical Malaga's products. Okay. And then finally I decide to to start with the main products from Spain. And so paella is something we're going to learn about. You will try authentic paella. Uh -huh. uh, the important thing is to make a good stock. You, you teach cooking? Yes, and I do. You have a photo here. Of, oh, uh, yes. Can you tell me about this photo? Yes, 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 yes. This is in the Hong Kong period when I was I had my private cooking lessons, uh -huh. and it's where I start cooking for people before I open the restaurant. So you were a private chef? I was a private chef. Okay, and you have a special dish here that you're known for at this restaurant? In this restaurant, what we do very good is the grilled meat. Grilled, 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 grilled meat. Grilled meat, yes. Okay. Our specialty here is about the jamón and Spanish cheeses and other uh, free-range meats. Antonio, thank you so much for having us here. It was so great to be able to interview Antonio because that was like the core of what I wanted to talk about with how I wanted to interact with people. I really enjoyed it. And then we got to eat his food, which was amazing on top of everything else. Well, the good thing is that all these cold cuts that you see here is from free-range pork. That's awesome. So it, yes, it makes it really unique. This is the jamón, jamón ibérico. Yes, it's the back leg from the from the pork. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So all this fat, even if you see it's fat, is wealthy fat. It's a lot of omega-3 because all the acorns has a lot of oil, similar to olive oil that is filtered into the muscles of the pork. Okay. So all the white thing is good for the for the heart. There are some medical studies about how good is the, the fat of the Iberico pork. Ideally, you should take it with your hands, now with forks and okay. knives, okay. and put it inside your mouth and try oh, to feel it. how it melts in your mouth, all the uh, omega-3 oil. Okay, experience. Yes. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yes. Where's my where's my white? Yes. Try okay. to give it in, in in the inside your your it mouth for a while. Like nuts. It will melt. Mm -hmm. It's like totally different delicious. for Italian prosciutto. No, it's totally different. Wow, that is amazing. That is yeah. right? Yes. If you want to finish with the pork, this yeah. is other cold cuts like. Okay. Also, I need to explain that uh, the uh, Spanish cold cuts also 
are different from the salami or other cold no. cuts that you heard. For example, with this one that is uh, like orange, we use paprika powder. No. Okay. Yes, it's, the, it's coming from the saffron flour. Okay. So this is not marinated, only with salt, but this one they use paprika powder. So okay. you will feel it's a stronger flavor. Let's talk about the cheeses. This is uh, from the Pyrenees, you know the mountains, in Catalonia. What's this? Cabrales, similar to the French cheese, that is the blue cheese, yeah, okay. but made in, in the north of Spain. Yes. Okay. So similar, yeah, similar to the blue cheese. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So then, older the better. While we were having our dinner, we, we really discussed how everything gets better with age. As a society, we really value older things. We value history. We really respect, say, ancient ruins like in Rome, or we respect wine that's aged or cheese that's aged, but we don't treat our women that way. And we had a really great conversation about that. It's interesting that, that, that this is old and uh, that we really value old when it comes to food. And wine, it's the older the better. And as we age, we don't get worse with age. Absolutely. <laughs> right? right? So, so age. Age in food, age in women, age in men, age age is good because the alternative is being under. And I, I'm happy. Woo! If we're not aging, we're dead, okay? And any day above ground is better than any day below ground, as far as I know. I mean, I don't know the spirit side of things yet, but in reality, I mean, I'd rather be here. And if that means I got a couple wrinkles because I'm older, or I have a scar because I've had an operation, or whatever, I, that is part of life. And we have to just keep going forward. That's how it works. Come join us next week when we make some amazing paella with Antonio Hidalgo in his home. And we're going to show you Mallorca like you've never seen it before. Don't miss it. Hey, thanks for listening to the, the Menopause Movement podcast and joining in. I really appreciate you. And if you liked it, please head on over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a positive review. That will really help us out. And don't forget to sign up for the Menopause Workshop. You can sign up at menopauseworkshop.com. I'll see you there.